either way, this is how the show works. <laughs> We're off to a rollicking start. We okay, want you to go find the vagrant, the vagrant, nineteen ninety two, and we like Vixen Plum. Vagrant, nineteen ninety two. Go ahead and find a channel that's hosting it, Vixen Plum, and it's the only really channel that's hosting it. Click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero. Don't worry, you'll have plenty of time. We're going to have a celebrity comedian on right now. They're going to tell you a little bit about themselves. Carl has a rollicking time with them. And at the end of the interview, they're going to do a celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, you're going to press play on this YouTube movie. And we're going to kick it off. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Harris Stanton. Welcome, Harris. Now, Harris, you are a big-time comedian. I mean, you're out there sharing the stage with Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr and Tracy Morgan and Dave Chappelle, and you're all over TV, right? Comic View, Premium Blend, uh, Comics Unleashed. But I noticed you were also like a yeah. character on Saturday Night Live. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, I used to do extra work. Uh... Uh, a while ago, uh, for a few years on the show, which was very, uh, I was a young kid from South Carolina, and uh, so, you know, it was, being an extra, I thought I was a cast member. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, 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 I just, you know, you get to be up at 8H and see how things work, and I didn't have to sit with the extras, I used to just sit with in Tracy's dressing room, and so I used to get the, uh, you know, I get to hang out with the, with the cast members, and back and forth to their dressing room, Daryl Hammond, and uh, Will Ferrell and those guys, and uh, those guys are really cool. And uh, Molly Shannon was really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was fun, man, being 21, 22, 23, uh, doing that. It was great. I thought it was only upward from there. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting the big city, you know, coming from down south. You must have just, it must have blown your mind. Yeah. Now, when I looked up. Oh, the- yeah, man, and I got to party with them, too. I got to party with them because I was friends with Tracy, so I got to go to all the parties. That sounds great. So it was cool. And so that's why I said I felt like a cast member because I, I went to the after party and the after after. So that led, I guess, to a bunch of comedy career stuff, right? I mean, you were um... – oh, but I wanted to ask you. I looked up on your TV credits, and it said that you were uh, on some European television. What's that all about? Yeah, it was uh, it was a show in Rotterdam in uh, Holland called yeah. Raymond is Lot, which translates to Raymond is Late. It's like a late night variety show over there that was really popular at the time. I'm not sure if it's still on, but it was uh, hosted by a real popular uh, personality at Raymond. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but um, he was a popular late night variety show host, and they would have stand ups from America and musical acts from America. And then the whole show is done in Dutch, so it was kind of strange, you know. You just you just you just listen to a lot of like, right before he brings you up, you don't know what he's saying, so you, you know you just have to wait to hear your name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but you know it was it was really fun and exciting. And of course, you did your act in English, I'm sure. Oh, of course, yes, I did, and. They they got it, but it, you could feel I could feel a little, I you know I didn't bomb, but I could feel a little, uh, maybe lost in translation or maybe yeah. a little gap, little barrier there somewhere. 
but uh, it went okay. Now, they do have a neighbor of England, Holland, of course, but the water is separating them, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure not everybody knows yeah. English, but that must have been a great experience, you know, them flying you out there and you doing that. That must have been terrific. Yeah, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was great, yeah, yeah. I auditioned for it at Broadway Comedy Club. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So, um, I want to talk about Patrice O'Neill. From what I understand, he was a very, very good friend. He was a mentor. I know this elephant in the room yeah. on Comedy Central you were a part of. It, it came out in 2011. Mm -hmm. That's the year he passed away. Uh, tell me about your relationship yeah. with him. Um, it was, uh, like you said, it was a bit of a mentor uh, uh, relationship, a uh, friend. Um, you know, we did business together, um, uh, you know, um, you know, it's funny cause, uh, you know, Patrice is a big comedian and, um, and, um, you, you don't, you don't really realize, uh, how important he was in your life until he's like not there anymore. And you're like, Oh shit. He was, he was fucking huge. Nah. And then, you know, you, you know, you, you, you deal with that, but, uh, I met Patrice, you know, in, in, in New York City at the clubs, bouncing around. And, you know, when you start comedy in the city, there's so many comedians and certain people, you know, you gravitate to who you gravitate to as far as friendship is concerned because, you know, you're not close friends with everyone. So, you know, you kind of just kind of go where you, you know, like when you're in school, you figure out who your friends are. Yeah. And um, uh, that's what happened. And then bring me on the road. I was honored. And I got to study from the master and. Yeah. Learn from him, and yeah, it was it was uh it was tremendous, man. Best times of my life. Now, as you know, on this show we do it. Watch a full length movie. We once watched a full length movie called Furry Vengeance, mm -hmm. and Patrice O'Neill was in it. And so, you know, I do the research, and I got to look up uh, him, and and uh, I got to uh, drop a lot of stuff about him. Uh, he was really, really funny, man. He had his demons. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Very insightful as well, too. Now, you just mentioned the Broadway Comedy Club, and we were both there. It was just on a Wednesday night, nothing spectacular, but just want to be in front right. of strangers on a weeknight. You know, it's gold. Right. Now, you were up there on the stage talking about being afraid of flying. It was a routine you were doing and how you want to stay yeah. on the road. And I rudely interrupted. I don't know if it's so rude, but I just blurted <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's whatever. You were yeah. on the bus. So this was the Turn It Funny Tour, um, uh -huh. and Tracy Morgan was part of that. Uh, but James McNair passed away. It was an accident with a Walmart truck. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about that. I mean, the first thing you said was that was a long time ago, and I guess it yeah. was 2014. You know, so yeah, is that still with you? Or tell me. A little oh bit yeah, about absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was still with me. It's a, a traumatic event, but uh. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I've done a good job of uh, getting over it. I don't have any uh, – initially, I had a little PTSD afterwards. Uh, yes. but I don't I don't deal with any of that anymore. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so. Now, you related a funny story about how where Tracy ended up. Why don't you tell us? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was an accident, so we were being tossed around in there. And, you know, when it's going on, you don't – you know, you're just in the middle of it, but – when the dust settled, uh, I realized Tracy was on top of me. 
And um, he was kind of hanging from something. He was not on top of me, but he was kind of hanging from something. And um, <laughs> he he was peeing. <laughs> and I was like, yo, Tracy, man, stop peeing on me. <laughs> Now he was I told him, I, I told him when he woke up uh, from yeah. his coma, you know, uh, I told him, I said, man, I'm glad you're okay, man. But you know, you was peeing on me. He's like, whatever. I know you like it. I know how you get down. <laughs> I was like, you know, just women, not men. Yeah, that's a little gentle. Is that okay? Is that okay for this podcast? Yes, golden it is. showers. <laughs> you want, yeah, you want women and you want conscious. You want them to be conscious. Yes, 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 yes. Now you did have a broken wrist from that. Mm-hmm. And- like a bruised up ankle or something. Were you in a lot of yeah. pain when it, you know, like, like th- there was a big event and then you find yourself like, what happened? Did it hurt a lot? Uh, were you able to get out of the vehicle? Um, yeah, no, I wasn't. I was helped out of the vehicle. I wasn't able to get out because uh, I was uh, I was all disorientated and uh, and um, and and I was just stuck. One, two. I couldn't move in there. I could. I tried to move, but my wrist was. I realized my wrist was broken. But there were people outside trying to help us out, and um, and they did. And I got out, and uh, I realized everyone else was unconscious. And, um, I remember the uh, one of the EMTs telling me that uh, Uncle Jimmy Mac didn't look good. So, uh-huh. uh, uh, no, it wasn't EMT. It was was it EMT or, or maybe the driver? Because one of the driver, there was two drivers, and one of the drivers, both of the drivers, was helping, you know, people try to take us out. Uh huh. So you talked about uh, South Carolina. I, I know you went to school down there. I guess it was in Spartanburg. And this is when, you know, an amazing thing happened. You were drafted. I mean, 52nd round, but you were drafted into Major <laughs> League Baseball, right? Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I played baseball all my life. It was part of my life growing up. My I come from a baseball family. Uh, my uncle played Major League Baseball and – when I was younger, he coached uh, minor league baseball with the Toronto Blue Jays organization, and they they had a team near where I grew up in Florence, South Carolina. So I would go to Florence to see minor league games, and then they moved to Myrtle Beach, and I would uh-huh. go to Myrtle Beach to see games, and I I would play. And uh, my father loved baseball; he always was watching it. So later on, I started, you know, taking taking to it, and um, I really try really hard to be a major league baseball player for a while you did a you do a very funny routine about that uh about like losing your mitt and it kind of doesn't matter tell us a little bit about that oh well that was that part is just a joke i mean i, mm-hmm. I didn't i didn't lose my mitt oh, oh <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah I, I make fun of uh that's me uh being uh uh, uh making fun of myself about you know failure or not getting where I wanted to go. Uh-huh. So I exaggerated a little bit on my experience when I uh, played uh, in spring training. Baseball, whatever. Next thing you know, you're on Saturday Night Live hanging out. I know. It's crazy. Terrific, you know. And I do want to recognize your uncle, uh, Leroy, I think is his name. And yeah. He's not with us anymore. I know that. It was an accident. But Yeah. Did nine seasons as a major league baseball player, including the New York Mets. Yeah, yeah, and he played a year in Japan uh, for the Hunshin uh, right. Tigers, I think it was. Right, I read that too. I didn't understand what that yeah. was. Okay, so that was Japan. That's yeah, he played in Japan for a year. 
That's your father's uncle. It must be with the last name, of course. Yeah, my father's brother, yeah. Yeah, he must have been proud or jealous. I don't know which. There's a dynamic <laughs> between brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I come from a baseball family. My whole family played baseball. My uncle's the only one that took it seriously, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you have a bunch of stuff out there online, but you've all, let me see, what have we got here? Uh, I don't know. Kill you. <laughs> Gotham Comedy Live, Damon, Native Innocence. But there was a DVD I wanted to plug, and I know you're working on a new one, a comedy special. Um, uh, I was a comedy album, um, Naive Innocence. I, I recorded it in 2017. Okay, gotcha. But so yeah. you're working on a new one now. Yes. Yes, it's pretty. Uh, it's coming along. The COVID, you know, pretty much. You know, when you you're not getting on stage as much, it's harder to, you know, create the material and ah, get it get you. it get it like you want to. You know, that takes a lot of stage time over. <laughs> a lot of little, you know, spots like doing, you know, like the show you saw me at. Just, you know, just crafting an act. You know, right? Experimenting. What, yeah. you, you're working on a title. You got a title. You know what? I don't do the, I, I do the title after I realize what it looks like. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like after I do, like I perform somewhere and I do an hour or 45 minutes and I'll record it and I'll listen to it and I hear what it sounds like. And then that, that's how I come up with the title. You know, I, that's how, that's how I did the last one. You know, so, yeah. Like something from the content. Yeah. Yeah. Something from the content or, or whatever. Uh, Cause you know, a lot of these jokes, some of them are to have nothing to do with each other, but once I have the material together, I like to try to craft it into to something like a through line or, or a theme or, mm -hmm. you know, a narrative or something like that. You know, I tried to find it. Matrice taught me how to do that, too, um, to find the commonality in all the jokes that you've written to form a, a bit of a narrative. Gotcha. Yeah, he's. He was, he's really sharp. I mean, that's something that, uh, okay. Native, in, naive innocence. That's the one. Now that's still yes. out there on Apple music, right? Yes. Yeah, on all platforms actually. All yeah. Platforms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So check it out. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, naive. So, okay. Naive innocence. And that's out there on all the other platforms. Now, how can people find you out there? I know Twitter is at Harris Stanton. Instagram is Harris Stanton Comedy. Do you have a website, YouTube channel? How can people find you out there? Follow. No, I don't have a website, but I, I'm 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 gonna get where I've been saying that for a while. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have a I'm on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter, and I usually try to put uh, when I'm performing anywhere. I try to post I post my performances. So if anyone's interested, they can uh, you know buy a ticket. You know, yeah, that's right. Hopefully it's Scotty's right next. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, Harris Stanton, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the same time as we do. They must hit play at home at the exact same time that we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Harris Stanton, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Brooks film. Music. You saw it was a Brooks film production, right? <laughs> Name me another movie that Brooks, uh, Mel Brooks uh, production house produced. 
You know, this is produced by Mel Brooks, and you would think that would be all like comedy. Not at all. No, dude. The movies he produced under Mel is uh, Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he did Eraserhead. He did no. He did a. He did Dune. I think he produced Dune. He produced I Solar Babies. Three examples. Um, the Elephant Man, Solar Babies, and The Fly. And I also know he did The Fly too. Yeah, that's right. The Fly too. This was all made because of the association with the director. Uh, the director, what did he say? I think that the director was like a special effects person on the fly and even won an Academy Award, and he knew Mel Brooks. So when they brought the script to him, he knew who to go to. Carl, That's can you tell me what time you have? Sure. Or do you want to start from the beginning? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Right now, it's I have a minute and 20. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I have. I don't know what okay, I'm talking great. about. I didn't oh, realize Colleen, Colleen Camp's in this movie. I, I love her. Yeah, Colleen Camp, who's been on our show before. Um, she's really, I don't know, she's herself in this, you know, her stiff yeah. self. Okay, this is Bill Paxton, and he's home shopping. See? Look at these prices. 90 grand for a house. Oh, my God, 60 grand, grand for, for a house? house? Yes. I, that's going to set you back. This is 90 and I'm sure it was shot earlier than that. Um, it was all shot in Arizona. So these prices, um, I mean, think about it. They've tripled. Well, you know, you would get a binder and uh, you get yourself a Sharpie and you would look through. You would put your phone down, you stop scrolling, and right. you would look through a bunch of paper houses. Paper, right. Pretend magazine from a company, a real estate no, that's right. I think a realtor would give you that, and they say, "Do you yeah. have your own sharp? Sharpie's not provided. You have to bring your own." <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna look at a house with Colleen Camp. Oh, great! Well, Colleen Camp, you know, she was like, um, for some reason, she's a big deal. I think she's very stiff, but she was a big deal in Clue uh, in '85 and two police academies. She was in Wayne's World, you know. Yeah. Do you remember her role in Wayne's World? She you was know? married to Brian Doyle Murray, the arcade magnet who was uh, sponsoring the show. And oh. all the crew would hit on her and she would get all flattered. <laughs> I didn't I just, realize she was married to an executive at Paramount Studios. What's plaguing me is that uh, she was in a recent movie I just saw, uh -huh. and it's killing me. I can't – like. I can place the scene, and I can't remember the movie. I just American Hustle. It, that was twenty thirteen, though. It could be like See How They Run or Glass Onion, one of those type of movies that are streaming. Right. And like well, she started off in the Planet of the Apes. It was the Battle for the Planet of the Apes in nineteen seventy three, and she, I, yeah, she's still current right now today. Yeah. Well, wasn't Stripes a big movie of hers? No, Meatballs. Meatballs are meatballs. She was in a Bill Murray movie. Uh, let's see. Die Hard with the Vengeance, Election, wow. American Hustle, Apocalypse Now, Gumball Rally, Police Academy 4, My Blue Heaven, Last Action Hero. Last uh, Action Hero. That's probably a cameo. That Apocalypse Now role was like she was super young in that. Yeah, she was probably like she was a Playboy playmate. She was, you know, the scene in which the guy's taken off in the chopper and he's hanging on and falls. It's, it's, it's the USO. Yeah. Okay. No, she's going, this house, it screams to me, it screams potential. She's trying to sell it. But 
is going to like turn into unrealistically super horny all of a sudden. Is this because he is being plagued by everybody, like an after hours? Um, well, our film is just kicking off. So right now he's like a middle management kind of working for middle management kind of guy in a corporate world who's about to invest in a home. And uh, that's where we're at. He's going to be like, this house doesn't call to me. And then she, I don't think it's motivation to sell the house, but she starts to. No, you think like she was trying to seduce him to order to buy the house? Well, I thought that first watching, you know, but maybe I'll turn up the sound at that point and you can see it's a little unrealistic the way she wants to sleep with him. So he's walking around and discovering stuff he doesn't like, like there's a drip and something's gross here, you know. Yeah, the toilet looks gross. <laughs> yeah. Look, take a leak. This is a book that was left behind, and we'll see it much, much later in the film. It just lets him know a vagrant was in my house. Oh, I got so he's gonna still get the house though. Well, yeah, like she starts to sleep with him, and he's like very resistant. He's like, I have a girlfriend, and then he goes to stop her. He goes, Okay, I'll buy it. Well, you're very, you're quick-minded, Mister Krakowski. Okay, that's, that's so funny because I think I watched a hundred pornos like this. Yeah. All right, here, let's. There we go. Lucky guy. So that's what's going to go on in this movie. Unrealistically, Super wants to sleep with. Carl, I remember what movie I saw Colleen Camp in this year, Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam. Yeah. That's with, um, that movie that takes place in Holland, and uh, that Colleen Camp is in it, I think. Yeah, I mean, that you pretty much sum up the film. <laughs> so now he's like, I'll take it. And she's like, goodness, you are quick to decide. Mr. You're a very decisive man, Mr. Krakowski. <laughs> what do you mean by quick? <laughs> yeah. No, Krakowski, like crack house. You hear it? Crack house? Crack house? Crack house? Crack helped? <laughs> crack helped. Okay, so this is. He's uh, bought it. This moving is in. Da, da, da. Sorry. Uh, moving in. Da, da. Oh, go ahead, girl. Um, I'm moving. What's that song? I'm moving I'm moving out. Really, Joel? I'm moving in. Da, da, da. You should never argue with a oh, fuck that. I'm moving in. Too <laughs> <laughs> bad, Ma. He's moving in. Do, 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 do. Yeah, my bike is staying in the driveway. Yes, Dad. Too bad. I don't care if it's an eyesore. I'm moving in. <laughs> Can you keep it down, Dad? Dad <laughs> Rock. This is the vagrant, huh? Yes, and look, just casually walking through like a crazy bum kind of person, and Krakowski's like, what the fuck? But he's fearful, you know? So he doesn't approach him. It's his yeah. first experience. Kitchen needs to be more yellow, I think. <laughs> we do I need a Spiegelman's touch. There, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I would stain everything and not clean up. 
Now, the guy who wrote this really wrote it off an experience with a vagrant. Of course, it was nothing like this, but um, but it gave him the idea. Let's see yeah. here. A h- actual homeless person who lived in a vacant field across from the guest house Jeffries was residing in in Studio City of California at the time. Now, this guy, he didn't really write much, but I don't know. He was in a collaboration with some I, – I've never heard of these films. Scarecrows. Old Creek Manor, uh, a Chevy Chase film, Man of the House, he, like, helped write the story credit. Yeah, I think I know that one. I know two movies called Man of the House. I think the other one was with Tommy Lee Jones. I have to check. Have you ever seen a movie called Lady in the Band? Yeah, that was a good film. Jimmy Olsen, On Deck. That's Jimmy Olsen. Oh, gee, we is Kent. Yeah, Kent. It's Mark McClure, and he's been in a million things. It's not fair for me to say uh, he's Jimmy Olsen, but come on, dude, be honest. There he goes, Jimmy Olsen. Now, these guys must be really good friends for him to wear those sandals in that house. Well, he's, uh, you know, he's that, like, movie, you know, everyone's got that group of friends. Well, with him, it's just one. This is, like, paranoia over the vagrant. Like, what was that you heard? It was a... Oh, no. Could it be just a loud squirrel? And he goes, yeah, it could be a loud squirrel. And he goes, beside with this deadbolt. So Jimmy Olsen's like, do you want me to spend the night? And Krakowski's like, no, no, no. Next thing you know, Jimmy Olsen's spending the night. the night. Yeah, I read that in the Daily uh, Planet, page six. I had newsflash. Who's that sleeping <laughs> with uh, Jimmy, who's Jimmy Olsen? Who's by Jimmy Olsen? Now, when we talked about seeing this film, you said, oh, this is basically Home Alone, isn't it? And I was like, no, it isn't, because I had seen it. But I know what you're talking about now, because the movie poster bites off of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah, well, he has his hands to his face like he's a young Macaulay Culkin. Right, exactly. Uh, Let's see. Uh, You can tell this flick came out right after Home Alone, right around the time of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, with Donald fucking Trump. Bill Paxton's pose is reminiscent of a certain blonde kid that was left home alone. And the tagline was, he's not home alone. So that <laughs> kind of, so that's kind of a giveaway. So in 1992, you're at Blockbuster or you're at Video Smith or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's that copy of Home Alone you want to rent. And next to it is The Vagrant. Right. Yeah. Hook, hook. That's like a Roger Corman kind of trick. Right, the ripoff. But just the movie poster, I guess, and the promotion is ripping it off. It's not. Yeah, not the film. Not at all. Uh, this film was, it took 10 years to make because the writer got distracted. I don't know if this is an interesting story unless you know these guys personally. Richard Jeffries wrote the script about a decade before the film's eventual production, shelved the idea in favor of other projects. At one point, William Wesley showed interest in the script, which led to them collaborating on Scarecrows after unearthing the script performing some minor rewrites. Chris Wallace, that's our director, joined the project, and as director, he brought it to Mel Brooks, who he had done The Fly 2 with. Oh, wow. This director was not really a director. Go ahead. I was going to say, wasn't Paxton in Fly 2? Or is my brain deceives me? Uh, I'll find that out. Good question. Which I always say when I don't know the answer. Oh, I'll look it up. How do you spell IMDb? I am. Huh? 
DB, like database. Huh. Okay. Let me try this thing out. Oh, they have Ooh. a phone app, too. <laughs> okay, now there's our vagrant, and for the first time, he's locking eyes with him, and Bill Paxton is scared. Now, Bill Paxton, I remember, you know, he did a little, he was in stripes for two seconds, yeah. but Terminator, that was the one, in my opinion, brought him to the public eye. He was the, the punk. Yeah, well, and then Cameron put him in all, basically all his films. And Weird Science as the brother. Next thing yeah, you know, he's a, a megastar. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the, I'm trying to think of a, he got sick, I think. Uh, I'm going to look up him on yeah, IMDb. Bill died? Pullman. He Andrew. had a heart. No, Bill Paxton. He had it. He had a heart. He had heart surgery. It was an intentional thing. But there were complications afterwards, and, and he died. It's too bad. He was only 61. Wow. He came to Hollywood, and he, like, went to the, like, Roger Corman lot and joined it as some low-level nothing. Next thing you know, Qu Corman's putting him in stuff. We saw him in Brain Dead. Right, sure. That that actually had Bill Pullman as well. Right. Yeah. Um, Trespass, I remember. I don't know if you were so dark backwards. With that, uh, directed by yeah. the guy who did Never on Tuesday. He's in, he's kind of crazy in that movie. False Move, 92. Wyatt, Wyatt Earp's naive young brother in Tombstone, 93. One of three... Astronauts in Apollo 11, was that right? He, Apollo 13, he was sure. in Apollo 13? I, I haven't had a chance yeah. to see that movie yet. You haven't seen Apollo 13? Well, let me ruin it for you. They don't get back. They die before they God come damn back. It. Yeah, they run out of oxygen. It's so simple. I watched the first 12 Apollo movies only for you to ruin it. I blame Kevin Bacon. He didn't click the toggle switch. Listen, man, I watched Apollo, Apollo 2, Apollo 3, Apollo 4, Apollo oh. 5. I was really looking forward to sit down for Apollo, Apollo 6, the sequel. Apollo yeah. 7, the trilogy continues. The trilogy, yeah. The okay. new trilogy. See this lady here. He's sure. going to buy it. He's going to die. You see, he goes to the conference. He's like, there's a vagrant. They come. They say, you. he goes, well, he was pissing in the bushes. And they're like, pissing in the bushes. That we could make stick. So they go to the neighbor. Oh. There we go. Cops on patrol. I heard vag I heard vagrant. You heard bacon? Vagrant. Now, I remember the one time you let me be a vagrant in your backyard for that night I slept over, but you were like, no hobo. That's you right, no hobo. Tonight, we're no best hobo. friends, Carl, but no hobo. <laughs> now, look, he's mad. The vagrant oh, is He's going to come back. Fortunately, he's hiding behind a tree. The Vagrant is Marshall Bell. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. He was in Stand By Me, Twins, Total Recall, Starship Troopers. He's, he's for real. Okay, now here's a character actor. You've seen him in a million things. Do you recognize him? Stuart Tenkin is his name. Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. He's a, isn't he a Broadway actor? Um, no, I think it's No, probably, I don't think so. I think it's a Manny Patekin. Uh, Hollywood Nights, uh, Fatal Attraction, he's like a character actor, Arachnophobia, Mannequin 2. Wait, wait, did he play the spider in that? Did he, was he the mannequin as well, too? <laughs> he played the arachnid in Arachnophobia. Yeah. And he was I was scared. spider number seven, got my SAG card. 
It's, it was a self-hating spider. Um, right. He was yeah, honey, we shrunk ourselves. You've just seen him in a million things. Have you seen Honey? I, should I watch Honey? Yet? We shrunk ourselves. I don't think I saw it. <laughs> I never saw the Honey. I the kids. <laughs> you never saw Honey? I shrunk the kids. No, I never saw it. Honey. I shrunk the kids. Well, you should see it. I wouldn't say stop what you're doing right now and go see it, but no, no, I'm, I'm in vagrant country right now. There's this real funny scene in which this ant dies, right? Now he's he's as large as life, you know. They're little, they're miniature, and they're right. he the ant was his friend, right? Throughout the film, when the ant dies, it's kind of a sad scene, or so they hoped, right? The audience I was watching it in in Montclair in the Claridge Theater. Oh yeah, of the course. Entire audience laughed their asses off when they were mourning the ant. <laughs> was it a manation with the kids, or was it the adults? No, it was. It, yeah, it was night. It was adults. Or I, I don't know what it was, but it was the the night show. Love it. I know because it was dark in there. Okay, so this is boring. A girlfriend's coming. That's all, and it's sort of like, dare I say, the L word. It's like a very stiff. They don't know each other too well, girlfriend. Oh, what's that? What's that? Is that a vagrant? You vagrant. <laughs> That's what that was. The French release was titled "Vagrant." Is Colleen Camp ever going to show up in this movie again? Yeah, yeah, she will. Okay. So, yes, I don't know. Not much else interesting about Bill Paxton except his ambition to get with Roger Corman, and he became a star. I mean, he he did music. I wasn't very impressed. It was a band yeah. called Teeny Ranch. Um, he he's more like he's in so many classic movies. Like he just yeah. nails it, and it's a different variety of stuff, you know. So, I mean, The Dark Backwards. He was crazy in that movie. Which one? The Dark Backwards with uh, Judd Nelson. Yeah, I said I, I said I saw that, but I think I just was confusing that with that place and stranger thing. Uh, maybe I haven't seen that. Hey, you look, you see, guys. Hey, whoa! And look, you don't that's think that's, representing that's, blood, even though it's not blood. This is slapstick a la Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a la Buster Keaton. No, this is not slapstick a la Home Alone. Yeah, oh, he's like a wet bandit. No, he didn't get, fall for a trap. He had a clumsy accident. He's Buster Keaton. Okay, so this is like the movie Mousetrap, where like everything's a Rube Goldberg uh, has no. Rube Goldbergian consequences. No, he flipped over the table. Okay, is this interesting? Okay, I, I think this is a crazy person, but he learned to speak German to prepare for his role in Pat Benatar's music video what? Shadows of the Night. Wait a minute. He learned a foreign language to be for in three and a half minutes. He doesn't. Stupid. Does he speak German in the music? When, when do they talk I in that Benatar movie? <laughs> this it's a music one... video. You don't talk. I mean, unless you're like, uh, look. Usually, order a nugget that. like that would be like ten pages into Google. But on his IMDb trivia, that's listed. I don't know what it means. He... So the trivia is – oh, here's another trivia fact. I learned German to be in a Pat Benatar music video. Right. Does he speak – it's a music video. If they do talking, like uh, the Daft Punk music video where the guy talks over, it's not going to be – I don't know. How much German do you need to know? 
you're an actor. You could just recite it. Of course. Look at Jimmy Olsen. He's like, hey, I know you. I sued you for 60 grand for fucking up my roof. He goes, ah, yeah, I got one of those faces. <laughs> the movie's well directed, I think. I mean, everything is kind of composed nicely. And, you know, a lot of symmetry. They're always in the, you know. See, the thing is, you're right, but it's weird. This guy's not a director. He's only directed three things, and one was a TV show. This guy was like a special effects guy, and he was he won an Academy Award. Like I said, they let him direct The Fly Two. That was his debut. Oh, that's what I was going to look up. I wanted to see who starred in The Fly Two. Okay, he did um, makeup artist special effects. He's well known for his creation of the Gremlins. Yeah. Did he make uh, Stripe or the other one? What's the other one? Googly Eye. Howie, Howie Mandel. He's I'm partially Mandel. responsible for the, creating the famous sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the na Nazis fell. That wasn't that famous. Did, was he the guy who came up with the uh, pushing a uh, box down a uh, warehouse? That was really that. I don't know how they did that. That was for his special effects on Gremlins. Oh, he yeah. so he's got a fence and he's got himself. Oh, some... Yes, the vagrant has scared him and he has invested in security. Vagrant's not coming in. So this is not going to be... This is like Brendan Fraser. You remember Naked Lunch, William S. Burroughs' film? I saw it. Those weirdo faces? He did that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a really weird movie. So yeah, for sure. So that makes him a director? It's Here's not that he's... Friend. She's in from Boston. This is all Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. All Phoenix, Arizona. So they must have. They must have got a real house, obviously, or they must have built one. Or something. Oh yeah, you know, I grew up in uh, Phoenix, and I know that this is Forty West Cambridge Avenue. Oh, as a native uh, Phoenix, we say Phoenixian in in back in back in AZ. That's what we call it. We say. I remember you, you remember your your Phoenix high school uh, high school cheer. Ah, I'm on fire. I'm a bird uh, caught on fire. Help me. Why am I on fire? I come for the ashes. I'm going back into the ashes. I'm on fire. God damn it. That was the name of our high school literary magazine, Montclair High. I was the editor for the Phoenix. <laughs> uh, no, but that was rising from the ashes. Uh, this shit is ashes. Okay, so now the girlfriend's here, and she's like, oh, you're waiting for me to help you decorate. And he's like, I'm a little fucking poor right now. And she goes, you have a credit card, don't you? Like, okay. Yeah, I see where that's heading. Now there's you. a project. He's like, everyone's in the center. All the action's always in the middle, and then you got left and right, uh -huh. you know, a uh, stereo to look at and a lamp to look at. The guy's directing. It's a well-shot piece, and even this shot and everything. But our print is pretty bad, right? Oh, my God. Especially blown up on my television set. So it's, blotchy. It, yeah, it's blotchy, like Vaseline and crap. This was shot in 45 days. Not impressive. Now, something weird happened that I don't understand because I didn't research it. This film, it cost them $9.5 million, and they made a net profit of $5,900. Say that again, please, because our audience didn't hear this. Yes. 
they grow they released in only eight theaters their opening weekend was forty three hundred dollars and they worldwide which meant us and canada five thousand nine hundred dollars box office why now, honestly have you ever seen a video box for this movie i can't i never heard of i heard about this only on, on the Facebook internet page. Only, What's on, only on the internet for researching yeah. this film. and it's home uh, alone too i like i'm on a bunch of bad movie uh facebook posts and someone a couple months ago mentioned this movie and i was like uh-huh. oh I never i never even heard of it so the thing is just dreamed of the vagrant so you're starting to realize, like, this is all in his head. You know, no. like, nobody else has ever actually seen The Vagrant. Didn't and... the neighbor complain about The Vagrant? Nope. They went over to say, did you see this vagrant pissing in the bushes? And she's like, I haven't seen a vagrant. Who, who did they put in the cop car? What's that? Who did, who did they put in the cop car? The Vagrant. All a dream. Oh, I don't know how to explain it, Mike. I'm telling you, the, the director of this film or the writer, whatever it is, is leading us in the direction where it's all in his head. Nobody else has ever seen The Vagrant. I, and, I, I know that they have, but like he fantasizes about him. He sees visions. Later on, he'll see like Colin Camp appear out of nowhere. The Vagrant didn't right. do that. He'll see the neighbor who died appear out of nowhere. The Vagrant didn't do that. Wow. Well, there's a little shirtless Bill Paxton from the 90s. <laughs> Making love to computer. his girlfriend. This is, Hi, I I'm have this program. Actor. You've seen me on Seinfeld. Oh, right. I've seen him on Monopoly. The boss is now lying. Like, um, like, Krakowski's Lithuanian, too. You know, a guy he's trying to sign yeah. the deal with. Oh, so now he'll say the Czechoslovakian. Now he'll say a phrase in Czechoslovakian like, what what the joke was, um, like, well, we'll see it in a minute. Yeah. Let me turn it out. Okay. So he did it. How? How? How did he do it? He goes, what did he say? Wow, everyone's impressed. Let's see what he says. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. It's really <laughs> weird. It's inexplicable how he knew Czech, but this is a comedy. Well, look, you know, sometimes sometimes the wash your hands, please wash your hands are in different languages. You know, right. we're in America. Oh, so that's maybe how he knew it from a sign? Yeah, because he saw, like, you know, wash your hands yeah. in English and in Spanish. Yeah, in Lodi, New Jersey, I went to a gas station. It was in English, Spanish, and Czech listeners. Oh yeah, okay. and you recognized all three. Now look, here is balloons and a heart-shaped box to celebrate his promotion. But the neighbor's dead. Oh, 
neighbor's always like killing my party. What a... That's the old lady. Yeah. Is he going to be a suspect in this movie? Oh, yeah. With the vagrant is like only in his head? According the to people? The vagrant is in real life, but throughout a large chunk of this film, and I'll just point out as it happens, it's in his head. He's going crazy. He drives better than I do. Whoa, good pratfall, dude. That was a jack yeah. ripper. Look, it's the real life vagrant. So he does have a problem. The guy's here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's going to go upstairs and go to... I'll show you when the vagrant's fake. Most of the time, he's... Lots... It's half and half. He's going to go upstairs to call uh, to his girlfriend and be like, there's a... He's like, that's a nice homeless man I let in to have a sandwich. He goes, are you crazy? I spent all this money in security. <laughs> oh, no. Who's in the shower? Well... It's her, finds out. Oh, damn blurry. Excuse me, Graham. Jesus, Graham. You know what's depressing? This is the 4K cut of this movie. <laughs> That's the best shower scene you're going to see. This is the best uh, 1992 is going to give you. Now, 1992 for us, that's like yesterday when it comes to movie selection. Yeah, I really think so. Definitely for you. I mean... Like, for years, you were all over the 60s, right? You know? Right. Yeah, I couldn't get out. Yeah. And also, you were always about those 80s films, the the B film, you know, like, like four of them would release. So we'd see the fourth, what am I trying to say, private school, and I forget yeah. the examples, but. We, we watched the trilogy of them, I think. Uh, well, you guys can check it out, of course, on mutinyradio.fm on our archive page, and uh, just pick an episode and listen. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, see if it's sixties or eighties. Yeah, just pick a date, as if you have any context. You don't know what the fuck you're getting. Yeah, our our like all mutiny radio shows were listed by the day of broadcast. Just go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel. Okay, here comes Michael Ironside. He's the Whoa. detective. Looking up, the, investigating the murder across the street. His name is Lieutenant Ralph Barfus. Michael Ironside, speaking of like movies from different decades, as he grows older, he's just cooler and cooler. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, true, yeah. We saw him, but we never did, in Highballing. Hi, oh, the trucker movie. Highballing was an early role for him, but I swear to God, I saw that movie four times. I never saw him. Right. What was the TV show, Ironside? That was Raymond Burr in a wheelchair. I think he was a police detective. And the BC Boy line was walking around town like a Raymond Burr? <laughs> was it? Because you're yeah. not walking if you're a Raymond Burr. He's Raymond Burr, not the Ironside. Right. He could have be Perry Mason walking around. Yeah, probably Perry Mason. You're right. Okay, man. He still looks good. He's young okay. here. Right, he is young here. Well, um, okay, so let's see. Where is he? Michael Ironside. Come on now. Come on Come now. On. We know Michael Ironside. I just saw him in like the... Here he is. Scanners, right? Top yeah. Gun, Starship Troopers, Total Recall. Total Recall with the Vagrant guy. Right, of course. Was he in RoboCop? 
That no, I'm thinking Kurt... right up his alley, but I don't think he was. No, that I'm thinking of Kurt Smith. I get him and that that '70s guy uh, mixed up. It, you know the father on the red on that '70s show? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was in uh, the Terminator, term, um, the Mars movie with uh, Schwarzenegger. He was really good. Totally. Wait a minute. So this is great. These are all character actors, including Bill Paxton. That people I get mixed up for other people. We get mixed up for other people. Is that Wait, Bill Pullman? You're right. It was that... Robocop he was in, and he was excellent in yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so, so Michael you're... Ironside and Haywood Smith, if, or whatever his name is, I do get mixed up so just as much as I got Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. Now, what's happening now is the girlfriend is sort of like on the side of the cop, like. You're overreacting about the vagrant. You're, you know, you're accusing him of killing the woman across the street, and you have no evidence. This kind of thing. Does he? So yeah. Now the girlfriend is very disappointed in Bill Paxton. Just paraded in, interrupted her shower, criticized her good work of charity. You know, he's like on the outs with her now. Oh, I love when the news, local news, shows uh, people <laughs> that bodies being put in the morgue. Right. Did yeah. you see the cop eating? Yeah. Now this is because of the movie. They showed yeah. the they showed the body with the feet. Throughout this whole movie, you'll always see the feet of the dead person and exposed to the open air. And then the cop, the African American cop, was like, "I'm mm, mm, eating the sandwich." It was so funny. Sure. But I like that it like he saw it on the news, like they broadcast that. Yes. As news. It's news. Someone got murdered. I wish there was a streaming news channel of all fictitious news, like every time someone comes in and turns on the news and they hear about their and other news, a local robbery you has gone awry. All the movies. Yeah. Like, that would be pretty cool. Coming up next, you know. Asteroid hits the earth. Yeah, that would be really funny. Because they always, like, turn on the news. That's I just complain exactly about this. Exactly their story. Click, it's on. Yeah. They turn it off before it's over. Now, we're in the 21st century where people don't really turn on the news. I mean, it's on streaming live sites. You could, right. you know, you could get it on a digital antenna. But no one, like, so in 2020, they'll turn on the TV. You don't turn on the TV in 2020. No. Or they'll be looking at a TV now, broadcast wait, 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 wait. on a laptop. Hold on, hold on. He's now having a dream in which his girlfriend is getting fucked by the vagrant. See? Because he let her in. Now, so the film is getting him obsessed. Turn the sound on. Oh, too late. That was his dream? That was his dream. He wakes up and there's no girlfriend beside him. What's going on? He needs to see a therapist, dude. Absolutely. Or meet, meet friends. Of, uh... Look, somebody clipped his glasses. Nice. Now look, she, this is pretty funny. She's saying, like, I'm behind you 100%. I think you're a terrific person. You're going to be do great. And with the right kind of support and understanding, you're really going to pull yourself together. Then the taxi drives her away. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's like every 70s movie. Then she left me. Right. Good luck. Oh, she's in the cab herself. Great. This guy's a great director. 
I guess yes, but he never did it again. I don't he know. went from a close up that you don't recognize he's in the back seat, right? And it's on a crane. He pulls out. He's like going up like the whole street you see now as the car goes away. It's a great that shot. Definitely a crane shot. Maybe there's like a it's a little stiff the movie. So now. Remember you saw the vagrant in real life and other people witnessed him too? There's no way he's fake. Right, of course. Okay. In this scene, he's thinking that he is fake and he's really the vagrant and he's going crazy. He killed the woman. Oh, Chuck, forget about him. I haven't seen him since that day he gave him the sandwich. It's me. It's me. That bum was the screen I projected. My own unacceptable desires. He's thinking that he killed that woman. Anyone could have killed her. Anyone should. What? You? I said I could have done it. I said. This is a really awkward timber, uh, Tinder date, a grinder date. <laughs> the most awkward. I'm gonna get going. Oh, the trees were. Look at this. It's centered. The tree's centered. God, this guy is a really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The tree's centered. Maybe it's a little. Uh, American Psycho. Now, I think Jimmy Olsen's taking this very well. Jimmy Olsen's grown up. Like, there are any fancy restaurants? Yeah, that's right. He's not a new. A whiz kid anymore. Okay, he's not a crackerjack. Yeah. Okay, so what's what's going on here? Um, what I was trying to tell you in the film, what's going on here is he's starting to think he's crazy and he is... You saw the vagrant in real life, but yet there is this whole narrative side in which he is a crazy person and he's doing the killings, but he never does. You mean like the audience as an audience member? I've seen like it interact as a real. It isn't like Fight Club, right? It isn't like Fight Club, but throughout Fight Club, you didn't get it until very deep in the film, right? So if you haven't seen Fight Club, fuck you. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't seen Fight Club, don't you know the first rule? The second rule is you don't talk. I, I remember on September 12, 2011, I was at a video store. This guy was renting uh, uh, Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club. And it's like, you want to watch that? Like, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I didn't ask him, but. No, but the thing is, you don't talk about Fight Club. So, listen, right. if you want to see that film, go ahead and stream, you know. I don't want to say anything about the rules, but the first rule. <laughs> you don't talk about Fight Club. Have you have you read the comic book sequel? The author uh, no, wrote a Mike, sequel. Mike, you don't talk about Fight Club. Gotcha, gotcha. So this guy wrote this book called Fight Club, and it was about mm -hmm. this Fight Club where you don't talk about Fight Club. And people were like, "This Fight Club would make a great Fight Club movie. We should call it Fight Club." You know, what's funny is on my bookcase right now is Fight Club, and if it was close enough, I would go and just pull it out, <laughs> blow you oh. away. Aren't you a little nervous he's watching that movie? Taking notes? Okay, so now he wakes up like his alarm didn't go off. And it's one of those like, oh, shit, I'm late for work. You know, I'm going to get fired kind of moments. Yeah, he just got a promotion. 
So he's going to try to get his way to the office, but everything will distract him and stop him from getting there. Like he, the he, vagrant. Why is he crashing at uh, SpongeBob SquarePants' house? <laughs> is that where he is? Yeah, well, he's look, under he the sea. Pineapple. Something. something smells bad. Smells like a pineapple under the sea. Oh, go in the basement. Good, good one. Well, he's he's a home. He's a basement homeowner. He owns the basement. You do that. You put. You tie the door to the wall to make sure no one closes it. Now, I got a little Mel Brooks quote here that comes out of the music. The guy who did the music, Christopher Young, did the music. He's getting an interview for a book called Scored to Death. Is funny, and okay, he's talking about this film. It's not quite like anything else I else and certainly nothing I had done before. There have been moments in some scores that I blah, 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 blah. Later, he mentions the inputs of the producer, Mel Brooks. I think one of my best compliments I ever got was from Mel Brooks himself, who said, before your music was added to the movie, I wasn't exactly sure what kind of movie it was, but the music helped define the film. Oh, that's good. Well, we're not listening to the music. Here, I'll, uh, oh. well, let's no, turn on the music. No, no. There we go. Yeah. Pretty cool. Is it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I like the theme song. It's, it's a little, you think it's a little annoying? Here, turn it off. I'll put on my audio. It goes, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like um, uh, breathing, like a guy right. who's scared. That's that's good about it. I guess, but it, it's more than 10 seconds of it. Here, I'll put yeah. on the audio. Why you got to be so rude? Don't you know I'm human, too? I'm gonna bury her anyway. Bury, bury that, that girl. girl. Bury. Okay, I'm looking at Wikipedia list look, of Mel wait, Brooks. Wait, look. Ah. The chocolate. It's the fingers. The it's woman. Lady fingers. They're cookies. Wife. They're lady finger cookies. Now look, the vagrant was down there. But he's uh Is he real? I don't know, Mike. Is this like, a dream? Well, there's something that's gonna make him very real right now. He leaves. But then he comes back and, like, gives him a raspberry. Here, I'll turn up the sound. So, like, yeah, that's that the real world thing. Okay, you know what? What was the last Brooks film movie? What year did it come out? I don't know. Last year, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, which oh, was cool. a animated film that had Mel Brooks do a voice. Pretty interesting, I guess. I guess, yes. Because he produced his own films, but he did, like, uh, he Solar Babies. How old is he? At least in his 90s. Sounds right. Okay, so now he called the cops because he found the lady's fingers and the vagrant was in the office, and they're saying stuff like they're doubting him. They're like, "You, I'll turn up the sound later. Sure. He goes, you didn't smell that stink, Krakowski? Like, of course, it's awful. This movie is so blurry, I can't tell if, it, if Jimmy Olsen has a cigarette in his mouth or his hand. Maybe, yeah, it's so mushy. It's sunglasses, I guess, in his hand. Yeah, I guess it's sunglasses. So what's really going on here is, like, doubt, reasonable doubt. Like, this story, like, it doesn't look, you know, you didn't smell that? Now, Jimmy Olsen's defending him, going, 
What do all these things have to do with a vagrant living in his basement and killing the across-the-street neighbor? He goes, I have something to say, wise guy. And the cop is like, did you ever see this vagrant yourself? And so Jimmy Olsen's like, no, but I believe Graham when he says he did. They do this throughout the film. Okay, this is his security system set on a timer. So that the vagrant doesn't get in. When the sun goes down, the lights go up and music is blaring like somebody's home. You see him there with his gun and there's more like, I'm crazy kind of things. And the vagrant is there touching his gun. See this vagrant's hand? He never had a gun before. That gun was never introduced in the first act. Right. But the thing is, yeah, see? Puts it right to his... Nestled right in there. That sick fuck. Uh Uh-oh. But again... Oh. The vagrant that time was a dream. So even though we did all see him as audience members in the real world, interacting with the girlfriend, getting arrested, now in the middle of the film, you'll think that Paxton having some sort of psychological journey, and that's our movie. It change. It doesn't change its tone, but it changes. But we'll come back, and the vagrant will be real again. It's interesting. This film. Well, you know, he it's grounded in the real life that there's a vagrant that goes into his house. But then it's to drag out this movie, or or the duration of the film is him losing his mind with this other fictitious version. Colleen Camp shows up again. Yay! I got your message about selling the house. It was open. Uh-oh. The whip bandits are in the house. Now she's going to get sexual again. That if you let me in, I'll talk to you about how eager I am. I'd like to come in and tell her how, you much, how much I'd like to handle your problem. Okay. So now we have a cuckoo crazy sex thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, a little romance. Break right, up this movie. Pants on. This movie, like it's paper, th- it's razor thin, right? Paper thin. I just said paper thin. It's not razor thin. You can't slice it with the garlic, but it is paper thin. The plot. Um. What really had this no real uh, evolution? You know, he goes and is a vagrant. That's the situation. And it drives well, him crazy. Plot... Yeah, but he, we won't spend the movie in this house. Good. There are plot turns. Uh, the girlfriend's really coming gone. Um, okay, so he wakes up and where's Colleen Camp? Probably off to another movie. Uh, knowing her career, she's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when you're married to the executive producer of blah 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 film studio, now nah, that's not fair. She she was very famous before that. Oh, she's married to an executive. Is it the Brooksville? Yeah. Um, 
No, it was, here it is, Colleen Camp. <clears throat> Minor Oh, the swinging cheerleaders. You know, I think it was, uh, I read an interview with her recently. Paramount, Paramount Studios. Married to an executive of Paramount Studios. Oh, okay. uh, her television debut was the Dean Martin Show in 65. She had a song on the Billboard charts one day since yesterday. So she started as a, she had a hit song. That's cool. Yeah. And then she did Playboy? Uh, no, I don't think she was... Was she actually in Playboy as a no. playmate? Oh, no, I see what you're saying. She In, in Apocalypse Now, that was... Played, that was yeah. A, yeah. I, I, and she was in Meatballs? She was in Valley Girl. I don't Valley think Girl, Meatballs yeah. listed. Okay, now the SWAT team shows up. Now, right. this took three days for them to shoot. They shot 1,500 bullets, <laughs> but... On screen, it's 10 seconds to shoot out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this $9.5 million of budget, and a lot bullets ate up some of it. I know. A lot of money is being spent. In... And, and why was there no box office return? It's so strange. Well, first off, there was eight movie houses when it came out, so it's definitely aimed for video release. You know, or it just was this film that kind of – yeah, obviously, we're not going to make $9 million. There's a story. There's got to be. They dumped it, and then they released it on video. I guess you're right, but the thing is, usually, box office stats include video and DVD sales, rentals, you know. Right. Okay, all this, 1,500 bullets are being shot. It's 10 seconds of huh. screen time. Pew, 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 pew. But it doesn't look anything different. You know, they other think than... he's the murderer. So here comes Ironside again. I love how they shoot 1,500 bullets to get his attention. <laughs> right. Now that I got your attention and you're safe and sound, right, you I came here to walking. talk to you alive about this. Did he piss his pants? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's copy. terrible copy. Now... Colleen Camp, they've now discovered, was murdered. Found in the same dumpster as the lady across... I'm not sure about that. But she was found in a dumpster close by. Dumpster they... adjacent. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was they... the other dumpster. Right. It wasn't the askew. Uh, uh, right. It was the adwat. So they think he's the murderer. And he's like, no! The vagrant was here. He gave me this note. And we just saw the note a minute ago. It was written in blood. But now it'll be empty. Look how funny Ironside is. Oh, Watch yeah, him. holding the gun, no less. Look at this. He drops it. It's so funny. You think I'm an idiot? Because there's <laughs> nothing on it. Now, Mike, remember before, it's like, is the vagrant real? Is he not real? Krakowski read that note written in blood. We saw it as viewers. You know, as said, I adore you. And now it's blank. So what's the director writer doing here? Is Whoa, he real? This? Is he not real? This is Colleen Camp's head. I know it's gross. I mean, like this was passive. one of her prouder moments. No, no. I mean, she was great. I mean, none of, people. Make movies like this all the time. I mean, fucking. 
No one. There's Timmy Olsen. Yeah. Tell us, tell So he is now arrested for the murders of the woman across the street and Colleen King. You think it's ironic that uh, 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 the guy from Daily Planet wasn't Jimmy Olsen wasn't taking any pictures in the corridor? Yeah, that's right. That's his job. I mean, because uh, um, darn, my joke should be great. Who was the Who's the Peter Parker's one? Oh, that was the Bugle, Jones right? James. Daily Bugle. That's yes, a New York paper. Said, yeah, I would have said. Jonah Jameson is going to kill Jimmy Olsen for... Ah, uh, it's too late. Okay, so now we're in court, and uh, Krakowski's lawyer is just blown away at how good the other lawyer is. That's kind of funny, right? That's funny. Yeah, and then they're going to put his mother on the stand and, like, say, did he break this person's arm in 1963? You know, but they were like kids, you know? She goes, yes. No further questions. And that's going to freak her out. Now she's going to have a heart attack. And wait till she hits the floor, Mike. It looks like it hurts so much. She hits herself right on the fucking floor. Watch. Yeah. Right, have a heart attack. Heart attack? Now watch All her right. hit. Ow! Oh, oh man. That's, you can hear it. Yeah. You know what <laughs> happened? That, that crack you heard is because Paxton stepped on a crack. Yeah, you broke your mother's back. Now we'll have it again. It'll be another news story in which we see the body. Okay, <laughs> poor, but no news now, story. There's never. You. I've never seen this on a news. Anyway, it's a it's a farce. Okay, here we go. Feet's up. Is there a tag on the toe at least? There's no tag, but the mom will fall out. <laughs> Watch Bill Paxton's face when the mother falls out. Right down the stairs. Here's a live news broadcast. <laughs> Wait, look at Bill Jackson's face. I mean, this is Oscar-winning performance. Sure. Yeah, what happened? How come no... No expression. Okay, now, the internet brags about the funny fact that there's a wanted poster for the vagrant over the shoulder of the other cop, but our, our thing is so bad you can't see it. I tried to see. Oh, yeah. Top left. Okay, I see wanted. Yeah, I can't read. Oh, right there. Now I know. It's supposed to be. I don't know, though. I freeze framed. I took up screenshots. I put it in Microsoft Word and increased it to like 400. Yeah, Jeez, that's, I, that's research, man. You can't read it. Oh, do not drink that border bottle. That is not gator. That's not lemonade. Now, remember that somebody clipped his glasses? Well, the vagrant's got his glasses and he's laughing like it's a victory. So the he so the real-life vagrant shopped when Paxson was done and asleep. They had sex. It was great. He goes to sleep. Vagrant comes in, kills her, dismembers her, right. puts all her body parts into the, the kitchen, disposes of all the blood. Yes. Yeah. So it looks like a regular kitchen except for the, the except for the, the fridge. Except for the fridge. Now look, they acquitted him. They acquitted him. His mother died on the stand. And they're like, let's let this poor boy go. So the right. jury acquitted him. So now he's on the run. He doesn't live anymore at that house. It's behind him. Oh good, we're out of here. And he's just driving. Now, this is still Arizona and it's still Phoenix. But like in our movie world, 
he drove right. a long, long way. Maybe so instead of going ten miles, long. he went. He drew. He went one hundred and fifty miles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're here in Outer Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of those mid city boys. I got to tell you, I went to Phoenix and it's Dust Bowl. It's super hot. Uh, depends on the time of year, of course. Uh, the rest of Arizona was beautiful, but yeah, the Phoenix itself was really gross. It was. The I think I've been to Phoenix. I like Phoenix. I've been to Arizona. Arizona was wonderful, and I'm not Phoenix didn't suck. I'm just saying it was dusty. Okay, now this is X-Ray, who is blind, and unfortunately, in real life, he'll have a stroke before the movie comes out and die. Wow. Isn't that great? Did they put him in memory of at the end? Nope, nope because that's, this that's... thing was shot and in the can and going to release. That's when he... Okay, so Bill Paxton's like, excuse me, sir, but I saw a sign that you're looking for a hotel, a motel manager. And I would like to... This is X-Ray's way of saying, don't fuck with me because I'm blind doesn't mean I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> He just happened to have the gun lying around, Carl, as well, one does. Uh-huh. So right. anyway, he gets the job. She's like, what are you running from? I'm running from... Is it a woman? He goes, yes, yes, it's a woman. He goes, ha, ha, I knew it, I knew it. Now, now they're going to be friends, and he's going to get the job. And this is his new life in this trailer park being the manager of a motel. I guess you need a gun working at a motel, you know. So, you can't even see it's a dog because the nose <laughs> is so bad, but that's a dog. It's no. A... <laughs> it's a giant slug. <laughs> so, our movie now no longer takes place at the house at all right. for the rest of the film. But the vagrant's going to show up. Yeah. 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 So he is moved now to a new life and how would the vagrant show but the vagrant would this is like day one and then we're gonna see some stuff about it and then poof it'll be like day 90 oh there you go nice cot to sit on remember he was in that corporate world and everything now look at him oh on. It's a memory box. I think this is the book that he saw in the beginning. Right on the top of the toilet. Yeah. So, ah, he hit his head. Uh oh. Who is it? Hi. Hi. I'm a fat girl who is obtainable. This is Patrika Darbo. And you've seen her in a million things, even though she's not exactly famous. She did soap operas, but she was in Fruit Beverly Hills, The Burbs, Space Invaders, Gremlins 2. She was in a million things. Bay, sure. House Arrest, Speed 2, Cruise Control. I mean, she's one of those character actors who's been in everything. So, and uh, during that time period, she's perfect for those roles. I mean, like, I, 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 I could... Knowing that she's in them, I could probably guess where she is. Today she's in soap operas. Okay, 2021, The Young and the Restless, five episodes. 
2019 to 2020, Days of Our Lives, Last Flash Reunion, three episodes, TV miniseries. Nice. He was in The Bold and the Beautiful for 74 episodes from 2017 to 2018. So as an older person, an aging actress, she's found a niche for herself. And okay. she, in 2000, she won an Emmy for Days of Our Lives. Okay, so... Okay, so now... The woman brought over a cake and did all sorts of stereotypical I'm a chubby person stuff. And uh, Okay, he's dreaming again. But basically, she's now wrangled herself into his life. And she's going to put the period on the end of the sentence in a minute. <laughs> so once again, he has the same old dream. Yeah, same dream. That never gets old. That's why I was laughing. In his head. This is total home alone. The world is right. The internet is right, girl. How is it home alone? Yeah, someone gets hit in the head with a with a paint can that's happening. Why? To no, a no, no. That was a trap, right? That was an intentional. Wasn't but, that but, but, but you know, have you ever hit your head on a uh, paint can type okay, of string? Okay, let me ask you this. He just hit his Painful. head. Is he in his home? Is he in his home? He just hit but his head. Is he in his if home? If it hits your back of your head, you'd be like, I have a concussion and I need to lie down. Things are getting heavy. Right? But in Home Alone, it's just like they're slapstick and they don't get hurt. I see your point. Oh, look at it. He finally gets into it. Okay. He thinks that he's a murderer and he's crazy. And he just had a dream about the vagrant. He thought he got away from that life, but it's followed him. So he's he's like, help me. Just chain me up here. Now, he is going to be a very nice, nice neighbor, Mike. And oh, she's a good, good neighbor. I mean, he's handcuffed. Uh huh. And she's down. I know kids make fun of me because I'm heavy and I stay inside and watch TV all day and I cook and I eat and sometimes I drink. But let me just turn it up. All right. YouTube is great. Stunt cock. That was Bill Pullman's cock. What's that? They used Bill Pullman's cock in that scene. <laughs> so, yeah, even though it wasn't at night, the rooster, the rooster crowed. So anyway, now it's like days, you know, it's like six months later or something. And he's uh-huh. the hotel manager, and he's basically common-law wife with uh, Chubby. Gosh, I'm being so mean to her. The character's well, name is Dottie, okay? And um, basically, we're just getting a setup for it's another normal and everything's great in his life. And who should come and fuck it up but the Vagrant? The va- uh, the Vagrant. V.A. Grant? In France, it was released as the Vagrant. Was it released how many French theaters? Eight? No, it How was many released in It was released in Huit Cinema, which is a theater. Welcome to uh, uh, Czechoslovakian history, film <laughs> history. We have another classic. Vagrant. Featuring a great line. In- now, what can, I, right. can I tell you about this film? I told you I, about I'm the just, director. 
I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop so we can wrap up this film. Honestly. Oh, yeah? You're already done? No, I'm not done. I'm just waiting. Okay. I'm not waiting for the end. No, I'm waiting for the, something to happen. Okay. We're middle second. No, we're late into the second act. We will get right. to our third act very soon. We're progressing along, but it's we're not not completely where we're at here. We're more of uh, uh, our four. There's 20... 31 minutes left or something? We got to have our act three very soon. We're deep into act two, sure. and you'll get out of it. When um, you saw the, when you saw Lady in the Van, right? That movie's yeah. text was like a battle of the classes and just, you know, uh, a friendship that builds and just this woman yeah. as herself, you know, like it had a lot of layers to it. And it, it yeah. was, it was based on like, uh, you know, the farce, the satire came from, you know, this rich guy and this woman living in his house, outside his house in a van. And uh, this movie is more, I don't know. Why why are you talking about that movie? Because it was about a vagrant who lived in this guy's house. She parked her van in his driveway and would live there. What a stretch. These are practically the same films. It is. Well, I, I said it before I, I even seen this film, so obviously I'm wrong. No, no. This film goes very differently. Right, because we're about to see X-Ray get murdered, okay? So, yeah, this isn't like the woman in the van. Right. Look at him sniffing his linens. Ah, life is good. And now he's gonna about to get, like, an axe in the chest. Do they have any guests at this hotel? None that we see in the film, but, but yes, you... it's very... Look the blood on his hands yeah well it looks like toast and look there's a meat cleaver so is it that in his head or is it real well let's we'll have to wait to see if he wakes up or not so now he comes out and he says x-ray okay well i'll just tell you that he's not gonna wake up but the thing is that in this scene everyone will confront him like he's the murderer what did you do i mean the axe is but he's like, yeah. I didn't do it. It was him. But then he's like, maybe I did do it. No, Jerry, no. You're a no. madman. I'm not the madman. Get back. Get back. I'm not a madman. There's a hotel guest. Swinging the cleaver. Well, I guess it isn't motel. I'm wrong. It's like trailer park manager. Yeah. Now he pulls out the gun that X-Ray had. Oh, hey, that's the rifle from before. No. He took it. Well, actually, maybe in the film, in the real world, it is the rifle from before. You know, remember when you had a rifle and you moved away and you lived in the trailer park? Yeah. Remember leaving the rifle at your house? Right. I would always have to rifle around for it. (laughs) Okay, so now... That chapter of his life in our movie is done, and we're heading into Act 3 literally as he drives down. And basically, this is going to be another psychological torment moment. Starting to fall asleep, he's swerving away from a car, visualizing the old lady. Look, she's got no fingers, see? And now Colleen Camp, with her cut neck, will say... There's a house up here, Mr. Krakowski. We should take a look at it. It's a two-bedroom, blah, blah, blah. Getting attacked by a Muppet. You see her? Yeah. And look how the director pushes her eye to it with her gross hand, you know, touching it. Okay, so we just saw a vision, right? 
We know the vagrant's there in the real world, but he's also kind of not. Now, here's the vagrant. Was he in the back seat the whole time? He's for real. I don't know. Is it in Krakowski's head? Is he really for real? You're right. Because you know the other ones were not for realsies. Look at the flippity. Whoa. Flippity. Okay. Yeah, this is all practical effects, folks. Practical don't worry. Effects. As long as the car lands on the tires, everyone's okay. Yeah. I got to have my dad's car back by eight. Oh, yeah, dude, about your dad's car. <laughs> we're doing this film, right? And we have a deadline, okay? So we can't get another car, so. Yeah. Okay. So well, now I... Krakowski's like, now where the fuck am I? Yeah, honestly, what happened? Oh, he's still in the car. Okay. In re for real or for fake, this oh. vagrant, and we'll find out that it's real, was behind him and put his arms around him, and he rolled off the road, and he's now landed at this, like, gas station diner. Parking lot. Just land, this car landed right in the parking lot. Yeah, like like uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. He'll, like, you know, end up right in the motel. You know, he's about to yeah. crash the Okay, you can borrow my car, but I'm going to... Who should come into the diner... But Michael Ironside, you know, the two cops who have been yes. pursuing Krakowski, who's now on the run. The thing is, he was exonerated, right? So Krakowski's doing this. I mean, Michael Ironside is, he's not there for, like, official reasons. See? Right. They let Krakowski go, and he's like, this guy's a murderer. He's not getting off the hook. So now... As if he didn't roll down the hill, he's just gassing up his car. Now look how fucked up he is. You know what I mean? Like he's all bent over and he's straining his joints and his fingers. Weird. Now he looks into the back seat and what does he see? The vagrant's possessions. Okay. He will find a scrapbook, and when he goes through it, our plot will be revealed to us that this okay. guy, the vagrant, is a social scientist who was disgraced for his awful experiments, and Bill Paxton is just an experiment of his. Oh. Big reveal. Yeah, this is called the Krakowski file. Professor Dismissed. They, they didn't understand. Oh, no, I, I read it. Charges against the doctor. I knew. They couldn't make it stick. He got scot-free. Back but then, they didn't have the internet. Krakowski. They didn't have the internet back then. You had to get the newspaper clipping, paste it in a scrapbook, and then write your, your comment. Yeah, exactly. But it really is, you know, what else could we do? Murderer arrested. Yeah, um, that's Colleen Camp. Colleen Camp dies. Yeah. So basically, he's now discovered that he is like some sort of social experiment. And look, he's got multiple it's copies of that book. Which we never read. Did he even read the book? I think that's him. You see his picture oh. there as the author. We never read the book, but we find it. There's a vagrant! Okay, does he, are they going to have a face-to-face? -face? Not yet, but yes, that's coming. 
Instead, he decides to burn his own possessions and Krakowski's the car. car. That car flipped several times and landed in a parking lot next to a gas station. He puts gas in it ready to go, and then this yeah. fucker burns it? Yeah. Unbelievable. He's got his heart dead set on destroying that car. Now, look, you know he's gassing up his car while this fire is going. Okay, so he's going into this weird thing called Lost Souls Mine. It's like some tourist attraction. Watch. He, Ironside's thumb gets hurt. Ow! Ah. So they're like, ma'am, we're looking for this car, this station wagon, blue, whatever. And she goes, you mean like the one burning outside? <laughs> they're like, holy shit! Perkowski! Now, wow. remember I always say the explosion's too big? It's right. not. It was a gas station. It's not too big. But wouldn't they be... A the glass would break in the restaurant or the yes, smoke. Yes. Okay. Oh, now oh. Bill Paxton's turned it around. He's not scared anymore. He's gonna fucking kill this fucking baby. His He's not on the run anymore. He's doing the chasing. Now this is we're, we're gonna get to the scene now where it's sort of like where the master villain unleashes his plan. He's gonna be like you were a boring fuck before I came along. Now you're interesting. I'll turn it on when it's all right. He killed people though. Yes, as as part of a social experiment. <laughs> if I knew that earlier, I might be more interested in this film because it'll at least be something more than just this. Am I going nuts? Yeah, like open with that guy getting fired, or just like. Uh, Midway through the movie, reveal. 25 minutes into the movie. How about that? 25 okay, minutes into the movie, you right. reveal it. Then you're, yeah, now now you want to see how it, how it unfolds. Yeah, cat and mouse. This right. guy is, yeah. Just like Home Alone. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's what the internet says. Well, that's because of the poster. That's yeah. why they said that. 49er. I got to pick a uh, uh, bone with you. Ugh. Yeah, uh, walk by the burning car. Right, yeah. In all Ugh. seriousness, really on that set, it must have, you know, that black smoke. It must have that black delicious. smoke. But I doubt that was really Michael Ironside. I'm sure it was some stunt guy. It might have been him. They just do it in one shot. Now, Michael, when the fumes are high. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not your guinea pig anymore. Are you listening to me? And now we're going to get the big confrontation scene, and I'll turn it up. Your theories aren't worth a damn. This is really in Phoenix, probably. It's some real local attraction. Right, yeah, and it must have been like a gas station that had a roadside attraction like that. Look at the iguana fell on him. You can't see it very well from the blotchiness of this squint, <laughs> but... It's Stacey uh, Keats from uh, Nice Dreams. Right, which was earlier, so that makes sense time-wise. Finally. Yeah, you have a nice... This is like... Uh, the, the... the segment's a little long. It's kind of time-killy, but... Well, Lady of Shanghai, right, where they, they go through the funhouse at the end uh, in Playland in San Francisco. They 
they go to an amusement park. It's the ending, the climax in the amusement park. Did I see it? Lady of Shanghai? Yeah. Yeah, what it's year a great... or you don't know? Uh, 30s? 1930s. Or 40s. Or 40s, okay. Okay, oh, another now, Ironside and Bad Cop somehow figured out he's in the well of, uh, the something of souls. What was it? The mine of souls. Lost souls. Mine of lost souls. I never figured out through my watching how it is they saw him go in there. They never did. But anyway, they follow him in somehow. They're making a racket in there. It's the only other place next door. That's true. Jesus, they have like six Coke machines inside this mine. <laughs> it's you gotta get the thirsty. Same Coke machine we walk past. We saw it from a different angle. No, it was a different logo. Okay. No Coke Pepsi. Hi. Exit through the uh, gift shop. Yeah, exit through the gift shop because we're going to try to sh sell you pickaxes. <laughs> right? Made of plastic and fake Pizza locks. Bumper stickers, jerky. All I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> Turn around. Come on, let's go film. Let's get to I know, this. really. Yeah. All right, well, let me pitch this because he, I'm going to say that. The left. He looks to the right. He's looking to the left again. But he's creeping all again. It's tension. When will this film end? Yeah, I, I could do with a little nine shin. Just a little less tension. <laughs> yeah, Asian. Uh, grind your gears, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> Look at Oh, no, it's the Rube Goldberg machine like we saw in the first half of the movie. Just like... Ah, okay. Here we go. Confrontation! Vagrant versus Paxton. Go, fight! Weird. Weird. Yeah. What's a soul mine? I don't get it. Boring friends, boring job, boring clothes, boring little bitch girl friends. He's freedom. He's going to get arrested. I made you interesting. I made you, you know, you own your own life now. They don't own you. You're a celebrity for murdering people. Oh, I saw this in Ringling Brothers. A big confrontation. He's just going to kill him then. That's a lousy science experiment where you kill your subject matter at the end. Well, I guess the the creation is killed by the, the creation kills the creator. Right. Then the murderer becomes the murderer. But is he dead, Mike? Right? You know this film. I, I don't know if the chokey became the choker. Look at my webbed hands. Thank you, Prince. Yeah, I did this scene. Uh, there's an actor. It's like a karaoke for acting. And uh -huh. I, we call it chokey-okey. I did that <laughs> scene. You did the choking scene? That yeah, chokey-okey? The other famous choking scene is in the drug juice from Fishburgers. Fishburgers available on YouTube. Me to death. Yeah. 
Why do you have a look in your eye? Like you're gonna kill me. I drank I drank the jug juice. So now Michael Ironside thinks that this guy's a murderer. So he's like, run away. Why should I run away? So I can shoot you. What doesn't make sense though, Mike, is he was exonerated. But what about the mur murderers? Yeah. They let him out of court. He was only exonerated because his mom died of a Iron heart attack. Just before Ironside kills him, he gets stabbed in the heart by the vagrant. Oh, right through. I was wrong. Final last words. <laughs> oh, he shoots his guns while he's at it. Yeah, you know, it's a movie. I still love that they shoot 1,500 bullets at him and then only to get his attention so he can talk to them. <laughs> Oop. No, not a Polaroid. Okay, ah. so he did take a Polaroid, okay? And that Polaroid shows the vagrant murdering him. and That will pay off very shortly. <laughs> oh, it'll pay highly. He's murdering him with a sword, uh, pole through his Let's uh, body. Oh, we don't have to listen. They're already done. They just yeah. a little confrontation. And now he's like, who killed him? And they both go, he did. I can't tell each other apart. You're the vagrant. I'm the vagrant. He's the fake. Yeah. Look at this photo. Taking a long time. So you know how you had to wait for the Polaroids to develop? Yeah. Yeah, so he's waiting. You don't shake it. He doesn't shake it. So now wow. it's clear. And look, remember he died a minute ago? Now he's back to life. Now he's get he now he has oh. to have really died now. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. And he did get stabbed, shot, fallen off a balcony into a cacti. I'm mad at this movie for this because now the vagrant's dead and thank you. That's it. Oh you know? that's yeah. it. He's dead. He should he should have he should go to prison at the end. That's how it should end. Yeah, it should be like your experiment didn't work, professor. You should get humiliated. But no, now the movie is essentially over, and we're going to have like 10 minutes of unneeded epilogue. Well, okay, so I'm going to pitch you my version during this 10 minutes of needless okay. epilogue. Okay. So he becomes the uh, scientist. Right? Yeah, so okay. 25 minutes in the movie, it's revealed what the, the trick is. It's this yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy guy, a uh, disgraced professor Social using him as a human experiment uh, uh, while killing people. So he finally gets his, uh, finally kills him in the funhouse, not on a fucking cactus, right? Okay. Or whatever. But, it, you know, that was pretty dramatic. And he but, earns that killing. He yeah. did it. But he also turns into the science. Here we are. Right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. He continues his work. Like he finds his books in the burnt rubble. He has three jobs, right? That's the theme of him. He's a loser, Carl. I'm not, I'm not to anything. I'm a dreamer. I can't decide what I want to be. I'm working here, and now I'm working at the trailer at the park. Trailer but now park. I'm a professor, and that's what I want to be. But it would be a cat and mouse movie for sure. Like it would be more fun if I knew the vagrant was watching the vagrant fuck with him. Right. This film decided to make it like uh, a fear oh. thing, and then uh, I'm going crazy. Yeah. Okay, so he turns on the water, turns it off, but the drip will come back like used to haunt his life, and the movie tries to make that like, I don't know, deep 
ends. You never run away from it. Yeah. You can run if you want, but you're always... A drip. I'm not a drip. I'm a winner. Drip. Drip. I'm not a drip. 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 Shut up. Okay. Thank you. Whoa. That's the vagrant. Oh, my God, Carl. We did it. Let's dance to this great music. What you think of this movie, Carl? Um... I mostly liked it. Like you said, we saw a terrible cut, a terrible copy. It didn't say cut, but print was terrible. But like you said, it was cinematography great. You yeah. know, it really was. It was well put together, and it had all its turning points. It followed all the movie roles until the weird ending, which didn't, you know, it was tacked on or something. I'm sure this guy would kick my ass, this Richard Wright, the guy, if he was here. You fuck you. Yeah, you don't have a movie. I'm a rice for a living. But in my opinion, the ending didn't pay off the way it should have. <laughs> it was tacked on. So you, this little loser, says. Well, I mean, this is a psychological thrill-rinds to him. One man's psychosis. It was not what I would like to see, which is that I see both perspectives. All right? mm-hmm. There's a reveal, and then it's a cat and mouse thing. Uh-huh. And then he catches wind that it's an experiment, and then there's like, give me 15 more minutes of him using that against him. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I think it would have been better, like two minds fighting each other. You know, Sherlock, Paxton, and Moriarty, Vagrant, fighting gotcha. each other. You know, going around the the house as a, as and it's a, and I also would, I would make it like a a real satire or parody. Bring up. Mm-hmm. You know, like classism, like there's a homeless man in your house that you bought. That's the movie, right? He's been there before. You can't yeah, get it him was out. His house, and you've moved in. Right. So it would have been a you know a little bit deeper. But that said, the cinematography was great. The direction was really good. It was a little. Yeah. I just felt the plot was a little thin. Like, you know, it was yeah. definitely the music is cool too, and I would definitely you know. I'm glad I watched it. I definitely yeah. wanted to see it. All right, let's see. Uh huh. Cannibal so, Yodel. Adesicha Polka. Jimbo. You need country music. They're trying to t- tell you. Girl from Uganda instead of Infinite. Oh, wow. All that right. Is designed well, by Paxton. Okay. Maybe this okay. movie played a lot on cable. I, guess, I don't know. It, it, it. There's a story behind it, and I didn't do enough research. Well, being an oh, MGM movie, it will it will float around. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. the Vagrant. Thank you, Mel Brooks, maker of Loose Shoes. Dune. I think the story was uh, he wanted David Lynch to direct because he said you're a crazy guy. Or that in the Inside Oscars book. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm so... Glad. We should stop this video, right? There's more on this. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So this is one of those weird things on YouTube where it like starts again, like the film will start again, not at the beginning, like in the middle. We're done. We're done. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and hit circle on my PlayStation 4 controller and end my YouTube experience. All right. Yeah. Look at this. Ta-da. Well, uh... I got my own circle. Nice. Yeah, we would love to see photos. Why don't you go ahead and send it to us uh, on our Discord channel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which or on the Radio Discord channel. 
Don't forget to donate to Mutiny Radio. Go to uh, Venmo, and it's at Mutiny Radio. Except uh, no substitutions, at Mutiny Radio. And just give a couple bucks, you know, uh, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast or our, our YouTube pod, uh, video. You would see the whole movie, and you don't have to think up. All right, well, next week, Carl, I'm really excited. We're going to keep going. Our, we discussed what we were going to do next week. And I, are we doing the public domain movies? I think we can. I think it's yeah. time. I think Wait, it's was time. Was there one more? There wasn't one more. I think it's time for public domain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, every year since a couple of years ago during the Trump administration, the public domain law is back in effect. You know, no one noticed it, but it's now every year movies become in the public domain. And now movies from 1927 are in the public domain. And we wanted to celebrate it. Movies like Metropolis, which is over two hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, I think, Wings. It might be longer. Wings was the first Academy Award movie. A right. Movie to win I best picture. Uh, Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, Denny Lane. They were really young back in that yeah. movie. They were negative 34 they, years old. Yeah, they thought they were old, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, we're in our 30s now. Well, you know, and Thomas Hayden Church was great in that movie, Wings. Mm -hmm. Him and Stephen Weber just played off each other. Yeah, the pilots. Uh, I can't yeah. The sitcom. Okay, let's walk away from this line of jokes. Okay, you don't want to talk about Wings, the TV show? So there's a lot of great movies in 1927. And Carl and I looked through a bunch of lists of films that we would like to watch yeah. uh, and celebrate. We're probably not going to play. Uh, and also, The Jazz Singer. We're not doing silent movies anymore. 27 started doing talkies. Okay, is that on YouTube? Have other people I don't, done not, that? Yet, not yet. Not I, yet. I think you have to rent to buy Jazz Singer. Okay. All right. Well, but we saw a Harold Lloyd film we wanted to do. Um, you you tell me what film we're doing because it's not in front of me. Uh, oh. I guess I could look up our text, but I don't. I don't think it's in front of me either, to be honest with you. But that's the way. Mike, you just talked up. What's our next? Our, our film next week? And I now don't... you're like, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> Now, here's your great Ukraine joke. So funny. Yeah. That wasn't mine. That's called a meme. Uh, there's Ghost in the Noonday Sun. Oh, so, well, we can do that one. Wait, no, no, no. That's, I'm sorry. That's, that's for, I would like to do that movie later, to be honest with you. Okay. All uh, the film is The Kid Brother. Nineteen twenty-seven, of course. Yes. Let's see if we could find it on here. The Kid Brother, Ted Wilde, Harold Lloyd, nineteen twenty-seven complete film. I don't think we have a trailer, of course. Oh, uh, may I? Yes, we do have a trailer. Let us. Okay, here we go. Do 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 do. Nickelodeon Films, the OG Nickelodeon Films presents doo, doo, doo. for only 1.2 cents. It's Harold Lloyd, our kid brother. Little clackered. You know, those, those trailers are in the 20s. They would say, like, great thrills. <laughs> Starring Ted Wilde. Ted Wilde. Harold Lloyd. Well, and Drew uh, Barrymore. Why don't we do this? I, I don't even know if it's on. The Kid to... Brother is right here, the okay. whole film. The channel, I mean, I don't know anything about this channel. I don't know if we like it or not. But this channel is 
we'll, we'll we'll talk about it more next week. We're not actually watching the trailer of it. I guess no. There is no trailer. It's just funnies. Yeah. Oh, Graham. All right. Good. Yeah. The sounds good. Brother, We're looking. 1927. And we'll we'll talk more about public domain movies that are that are from the year that, and we will also dig up a, a, a really weird obscure one. But we do like the fact that we get to watch Harold Lloyd, and you know, so we'll do it next week. All right. Wow, that's exciting. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you for the research. Thank you for being. Thank you for having me as your guest on your show. I really yes, appreciate thank it. You, thank you that you put me as a co-host. You called that's me last really week. an honor. I have to thank the other guests who canceled. Otherwise, I uh, <laughs> wouldn't be here tonight. So Thank you, guests. Yeah, thank you for making me your second Keep on choice. canceling. Keep on dancing. All right, well, keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. We'll see you next week on LWAFLMOYT. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegel and Ann Carl. Boom, bump, bump, bump. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. German strudels. Look, you should follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the uh, uh, duh, duh. Now let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Michael
got it, then this is the Found Round Sound Show. Happy Halloween. For Halloween that year, the year my sister was two, I dressed up as the Headless Horseman. Before, I'd only ever been ghosts and fat ladies, both of which were easy. All you needed was a sheet and a lot of talcum powder, or a dress and a hat and some padding. But this year would be the last one I'd ever be able to disguise myself, or so I believed. I was getting too old for it. I was almost finished with being 13, and so I felt the urge to make a special effort. Halloween was my best holiday. Why did I like it so much? Perhaps because I could take time off from being myself, or from the impersonation of myself I was finding it increasingly expedient, but also increasingly burdensome, to perform in public. I got the Headless Horseman idea from a story we'd read in school. In the story, the Headless Horseman was a grisly legend and also a joke, and that was the effect I was aiming for. I thought everyone would be familiar with this figure. If I'd studied a thing in school, I assumed it was general knowledge. I hadn't yet discovered that I lived in a sort of transparent balloon drifting over the world without making much contact with it, and that the people I knew appeared to me at a different angle from the one at which they appeared to themselves, and that the reverse was also true. I was smaller to others up there in my balloon than I was to myself. I was also blurrier. I had an image of how the Headless Horseman was supposed to look. He was said to ride around at night with nothing on top of his shoulders but a neck, his head held in one arm, the eyes fixing the horrified viewer in a ghastly glare. I made the head out of paper mache using strips of newspaper soaked in a flour and water paste I cooked myself as per the instructions in the Rainy Day Book of Hobbies. Earlier in my life, long ago, at least two years ago, I'd had a wistful desire to make all the things suggested in this book. Animals twisted out of pipe cleaners, balsa wood boats that would whiz around when you dropped cooking oil into a hole in the middle, and a tractor thing put together out of an empty thread spool two matchsticks, and a rubber band. But somehow I could never find the right materials in our house. Cooking up paste glue was simple, however. All you needed was flour and water. Then you simmered and stirred until the paste was translucent. The lumps didn't matter. You could squeeze them out later. The glue got quite hard when it was dry and I realized the next morning that I should have filled the pot with water after using it. My mother always said, a good cook does her own dishes. But then, I reflected, blue was not real cooking. The head came out too square. I squashed it at the top to make it more like a head, then left it down by the furnace to dry. The drying took longer than I'd planned, and during the process, the nose shrank, 
and the head began to smell funny. I could see that I should have spent more time on the chin, but it was too late to add on to it. When the head was dry enough, at least on the outside, I painted it what I 